around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. As always, we're so glad you have joined us, and we're grateful for the opportunity to share and minister and believe with you for all the promises of God. (laughs) They are so wonderful. The Word of God does not lie, and they are eternal for every generation. Terry and I have just been on the road here for about two weeks and been down to Houston and over to San Antonio and back up to Austin and just been uh, with family and friends, but also ministering the Word of God in two or three churches, and we're just so grateful that God has given us the opportunity as well as the health and the time and the travel vehicle and everything that we've needed to do. The Lord has supplied every need, and we're so thankful for that. We are here today to share with you some wonderful good things from the Word of God, but I always want to remind you, you can find us at terrymiseministries.org, and you can find us very simply at terrymise.com. You can go to the website. You can find out what our travel schedule is. You can find out um, new products. You're able to put down and write to us and find out how to contact us if you'd like to speak with our office and give us your prayer request or praise reports. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we have that we just want to make it easy for you. And then there's always Terry Mize Ministries' Facebook page and Terry's Facebook page as well as mine. So we look forward to hearing from you. We are grateful for the influence and the favor that we have with so many of you so that we can speak into your life and you can see the real fruit of God's Word. We're just there to help water and to help plant (laughs) and to help nourish and minister the good things that God's already doing in your life. Well, darling, let's just begin to share with the folks today what's on your heart. Well, praise God. You know, Renee, we just talk about the word all the time and I'm I'm just absolutely blessed beyond measure to realize and have realized this now since I was a teenager that the word works and it works for those who work it. It's not just automatic. It's not like you walk under a ripe apple tree and the apples fall and hit you on the head or or that God comes down on a Tuesday and says, I'm going to bless everybody in a red hat today. You know, it's, it's men and women, just ordinary people, men, women, boys, and girls that, that look into the word of truth, the perfect law of liberty, find the word, find something God said that applies to their situation. He's given us the Bible. He's given us 66 books to show us how to live on planet Earth and how to live successfully and how to live prosperously and how to live above the fray and above what... Uh, uh, normal people are doing because we're not just mere men, the Apostle Paul said. We're not supposed to just think like everybody else and look like everybody else and smell like everybody else and act like everybody else. Certainly not think or talk like everybody else, but we can look into the Word and make it work for us that God will take stock in His own Word. And when you present to Him what His Word says, then He's going to move on His Word and it'll look like to everybody around you, it will appear that God's moving on your word, or God's honoring your word, or God's doing something about your word, and that's not true at all. He's honoring his word that's because right. you're agreeing with his word. That's so right. thank that's God right. for the word. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, not bad, but good, and healing all, A-double, the longest word in the Bible, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I've, I've preached right. that 
scripture and that message all my 50 years. I mean, since I was a teenager and went into the ministry, I have preached that around the world in rivers and jungles and mountains and deserts and tribes and tribes that don't wear clothes and, and, and that God is a good God. That scripture, Acts 10, 38, really tells us three things, or really tells us four things. It tells us God is good, Jesus is good, the Holy Ghost is good, and the devil's bad. That's it right. tells us that the devil is the oppressor, he's the bad guy, he's the one that's hurting the people, and that Jesus went about doing good because he was anointed of God with the Holy Ghost to do good and to heal all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So I'm excited about the Word of God that this thing isn't just left to chance. It's left to men and women, boys and girls, who will say, I'm going to take the Word of God. I'm going to get into the Word. I'm going to look into the perfect law of liberty, That's and right. I'm going to find what the Word says about me, and I'm going to make it work in Jesus' name. And we're not just left here to, to where God's got us on little puppet strings. We're just little puppets and marionettes. Oh, and right. that, that, that old sermon that people have preached for years that I hate so badly, that says God's in control, so you have nothing to do with what God's going to do in your behalf. And your faith doesn't count. Your prayers don't count. Your offerings don't count. Your tithe don't count. Nothing you do counts. Your actions don't count. It's just God's going to do what he's going to do, and he's designed it out for for millenniums that he knew where you're going to be and when you're going to be there and what decision you're going to make and what you're going to do. So it totally removes you out of the situation. And that's such a mean sermon and such a mean doctrine, and I've always hated it. I always will hate it because I'm here to tell you that your faith, your prayers, your offerings, your tithe, your confession, your believing, your actions has to do and has something to do with your outcome based on the Word of God. No, that's right. And it's, it was something that was so important to me when I found out these things back in the early 70s. I had already been through Bible school, worked my way through Bible college and um, for three years, was married and had two babies. And I was so confused about whether if one of my children, my little boys got sick, I, the, the church told me that uh, maybe God was trying to teach me yeah, something. Yeah, maybe you did something wrong. Maybe we did something wrong. And, I mean, we were living on the church property, working for the church, in the church, at a meeting, preaching, singing, <laughs> doing something, seven days a week. And I thought, when would I have time to sin? <laughs> I'm doing everything. I've given my life to God. I, I live on the church property. What could there be? And I searched my heart and prayed and begged God trying to figure out why my babies were sick. And was it God trying to teach me or was it the devil? And some people tell me to rebuke the devil and other people say just be patient. God's trying to teach you something or maybe you've done something that you need to be punished for. And I just had so much doctrine that had really caused my faith to be of no effect, as the Bible says. And it was such a relief to me to find out one day that God was on my side. Oh, yeah. And that those promises could be depended on and could be counted on. Absolutely. And there was no reason for me. You can take them me, to the bank. There was no reason for me to ever doubt that it was God's will to heal my children, that it was never, ever God's idea to have us poor and to have us worried or to have us fearful or insecure about anything, that we could walk tall with confidence in the promises of God. No, oh, absolutely. I think that phrase is one I've used since I was a teenager, is that it was such relief to me. It was such relief to me. It was such relief to me to find that the Word of God would work 
and that God had good thoughts towards me and good thoughts towards us and good plans towards us. And God wanted us to be healed and to be blessed and to be prosperous and be the head and not the tail and be above and not beneath and to lend and not borrow and to be blessed coming in, going out in the city, in the field, in the basket, in the store. The blessings of God would overcome us and overtake us and follow us around if we just hook up with the things of God and uh, start agreeing with him, start agreeing with him, walking with him. And, and that we weren't in a contest against him. We weren't at a war in no, a war right. against him. That he wasn't trying to be do bad stuff to us. He was trying to do good stuff for us. And that we just needed to find out what his will was, which is his word, what That's his right. word was. Right. And then just say the same thing he said and do what he said to do. There was such confusion uh, in the circles that I grew up in, always over what was the will of God, as though it were some elusive Yeah, you cloud. could never figure out what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so far-fetched and so out there that you would like to have have to have you know half of your city praying for you and call all the prayer partners and try to find out bombard the gates of heaven as they would oh, say yeah. and try to find out the will of God and you don't know how many times I I couldn't even begin to tell you I had to reprogram into my into my brain this one phrase the will of God is His word. His word is his will. Absolutely. The will of God is his word. The word is his will. The will of God is his word. Oh, absolutely. And I, I had never had that kind of... He gave us his will in his word. Right. I had never had that emphasized in my life. Now, I'm in my I'm in my middle 20s at this point. I'm like 24, you know, 25. No, you're not. Yes, I was. Oh, you told me back then. Back I thought you meant today. <laughs> no, back then I'm like... You know, 24, 25, graduated from Bible college, got two babies a year apart, um, and here I am trying to figure out how to get these babies healed, and know we're called to the ministry. We're at the church all the time, making 32.50 a week, folks, <laughs> and and trying to figure out how to pay your bills and the doctor bills, and we were at the emergency room all the time, and I began to just figure this out that if I could find it in the Bible that it was a promise that God didn't lie. And, Absolutely. And, you know, Numbers 23:19 was another hook in my lie. brain that God is not a man that he should lie. If he has said a thing, he'll do it. If he's promised it, he'll make it good. That change, I mean, I can't tell you the times I went over and over and over that, that that's good. That's not God trying to keep the answer from me. That's God trying to show me where the answer was. Of course, of course. And that literally settled me down and took the the question marks out and began to build confidence, or we call faith, in my heart that I could trust God with his promises. Well, that's what I said about when I was 18 years old and God gave me five scriptures that changed my life. And I've stood on on all these 50 years now. And and, and the statement I've made is that it built on the inside of this teenager an unshakable confidence in Almighty God. I mean, a confidence that could not be shaken because I found out what God said about his word, what God thought about his word, that when God said it, he'd back it up. He's big enough to, whatever he said, he's big enough to back it up. No, that's right. And to find out that God's not good one day, trying to no, bless you one he never day, changes. and then trying to he never teach changes. you like a... I am the Lord, I change not. Jesus yeah, Christ the, the same, same yesterday, yesterday, today, and forever. Right, right. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not a jot or tittle of the word will pass away. And that, those scriptures Those are begin comforting to, scriptures. They are, and they begin to come alive. I mean, like firecrackers in my soul, I begin sure. to understand that. And I found scriptures that... Yeah, I just I just began to devour the Word of God with fresh new perspective on the Word of God, 
And I got well, over. And then when you hear somebody say something that's not the word, no, that's right. then it just goes off in your yeah. spirit. All of a and sudden. then he just says, no, 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 that's not right. That's not my God. That's not what God said. I heard a preacher just the other day on television. I mean, the national major preacher on television, somebody I've known for years, and yet he made this terrible, horrible, ungodly, unbiblical statement. He said, if you find yourself in, in the valley, you find yourself in trials, in trouble, in 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 problems, or you find, your, find yourself in a situation that, that's really bad and dark and, and, and all that, he said, don't ask God to get you out of it because he's the one that put you there. Well, I started yeah, yelling at the TV yeah. and yelling at him. and said, what in the world is wrong with you? That's not my God. God didn't put you there. God wants to get you out of there. No, and, and that's that's the concept that many of the church people have today. They're double-minded, as sure. James said, and they cannot receive anything from God because they are always conflicted as to whether it's the devil doing it to them or if it's God doing it to them. Well, and then there's so many people today just trying to take the word and change it. And no, change. It's like right. the Constitution right. in America. People are trying to change the Constitution and say, well, that, that's living and that's fluid and that, that doesn't mean that anymore. And the founding fathers didn't know what they were talking about. Well, oh, I know. well the Bible's living and it's fluid and it yeah. doesn't mean that anymore. And God didn't know what he was talking about when he said that. And, and when, when God said that, we didn't have... You know, GPS, when God said that, we didn't have computers. When God said that, we didn't have this. And now it needs to change. No, it never, never, no, never, no, never, no. never, never changes. God's words are principles. They are laws, laws. and principles they that are absolute. work when you work them and don't work yeah. when you don't work them. It's the absolute truth. I love that phrase absolute. of the word of God. Absolute and I just wanted truth. to read you a couple of scriptures today. Second Timothy chapter 3. Many of you will know this, verse 15. Uh, Paul was talking about that these writings from Jesus Christ uh, really are <laughs> that we're to lean our whole personality over on it because every scripture is God breathed. Absolutely. It's given for our profit and our instruction, for our reproof, for our conviction. In other words, the word is so multifaceted mm -hmm. that it will literally be able to encompass every area of your life and it'll help you uh, deliver yourself out of areas of error. It'll discipline you. It'll train you in righteousness and godly living, and it will show you the will of God in thought and purpose and action. And this last verse of Second Timothy chapter three says, "So that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient." well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah. So that pretty much tells you you're not going to need a whole lot more no, <laughs> than right. the promises of God. And so when you get into the Word of God, and Acts chapter 17, I think, says this so well. It says that the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they searched the Scriptures to see whether the things Paul was teaching were true or not. Sure. And so I want to have that heart that searches out the Scripture. You know, you don't just walk through life and, you know, like you're just out there walking up, picking up rocks or pawpaws out of the field, as they used to say. You want to get out there and you want to search. And the Bible says if you'll search for wisdom, if you'll cry out for insight, that you will find it. Absolutely. And it's on the pages of your very own Bible. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I found over in, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, where Moses is talking to the people of Israel, he said, so he said, I've given you and taught you these statutes and ordinances as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land where you are entering in to possess. When you become a Christian, you've moved over to another land. You've walked out of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Absolutely. You're in a whole nother country. Sure. <laughs> and it says here, so keep them and do them. 
For that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all the people who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Don't you want the world to say that about you? Absolutely. <laughs> For what great nation is there who, I love this phrase, who has a God so near to them as the Lord our God is to us and all things for which we call upon him. And what large and important nation has statutes and ordinances so upright, that's your Bible, and just as all this law which I set before you this day. I mean, when you have an accolade. Yeah, I love it. Well, God talking about these are large and important statutes. These are words that will literally give you credibility with the word. Why would you not fill your soul, your brain every day, every cell of your brain with the promise of God and be able to walk in it and live in it and say it out of your mouth, not only to help your family rise to a higher standard of living, but be able to minister to the lives of other people you come in contact with. So go read those verses and get them in your heart. They'll they'll really be a blessing to you. No, that's tremendous. And you know, uh, that's Old Testament. Yeah, it is. I, it is. I'm so grieved, and I think the Holy Spirit is grieved, Renee, that there's so many preachers and so many Christians today are trying to get everybody away from the Old Testament. And they, oh, say, they say, oh, it's the law, it's the law, it's the law. It's a, I mean, anytime you tell somebody to straighten their act up, they say, oh, you're preaching the law. That's not the law. That's don't just, judge me. That's just, you know, don't judge me, don't judge me. That's just oh. saying, hey, get over here in the light. Yeah, get right. over here in the light. Get over here. Don't 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 get drugged down with all no, that stuff. Right. But declare the word of God and, and and walk in the promises of God. And if you do something wrong, repent. And as soon as you say repent, they scream bloody murder and say that's the law. That's the law. That's the no 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 no. There's nowhere in the law it tells you to repent. Right. In the no. law, if you sin, you got dead. I mean, you got <laughs> killed deader than the door. Now, I yeah. mean, you got killed graveyard dead. Well, and right. and and in the New Judgment Testament, Jesus took. The, the law on himself and fulfilled the law. Yes, didn't do away with the law. It's That's never right. been done away That's with. Right. But he fulfilled it and, and he said, I'll pay for their sin. I'll pay my own blood uh, for their sin because God says the soul that sins must die. And Jesus said, okay, I didn't sin, but I'll die. And uh, he paid for us in blood. And so it. now when we sin, Wonderful we don't have to get dead. We don't have to get killed. Oh, the Old right. Testament, I mean, if a teenager was smart off to his parents, they took him outside the law, said, take him outside the city and stone him to death. Now, if right. a kid gets smart with his parents, uh, there's repentance and there's forgiveness because Jesus paid for it. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I had a, I had a, a dumb preacher uh, <laughs> come up to me a few years ago, Renee, and he said the stupidest, I just wanted to slap him. He said, Brother Terry, he said, if a guy walked up to my daughter and took a gun, and stuck it in her face, and shot her in the face, and killed her dead. He said, I would not expect him to repent to me or to God. I would not want him to repent to me or to God. I said, you're just a moron. You're an absolute moron. As soon as you say the word repent, they think it's a sin. You know, you tell them to repent from sin, but then they think the whole sin is repenting. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. You know, if we're sitting at the at at, at, the, at the coffee table at the at the table, and and you get up and, and spill some coffee on me, you say, "Oh, darling, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Or if I spilled it on on you, I said, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry." And yet we don't want to apologize to God. We don't mind apologizing to each other, but we don't want to apologize to oh, God. Right. You know, Billy Graham said that, that we're living in an America where we're, we don't mind offending anybody but God. We don't mind offending God. We we sure don't want to offend anybody else, and that's just nuts. 
And you and I have said several times we feel the same demon spirit, the same demon from hell that sold political correctness to the country has also sold seeker sensitive to the church. And so many of these churches today are just sissified uh, snowflake cupcake little churches <laughs> that are so afraid to offend somebody and well, so afraid that somebody won't sit in the pew and pay so their tithes and yeah. give their offering and so they don't want to say anything wrong to anybody. Let's don't talk about sin. Let's don't talk about <laughs> repentance. Let's don't talk about, about the devil. Let's don't talk about hell. Yeah. Let's don't talk about any of these things. Let's just make everybody feel good. Well, and maybe they'll come back next Sunday. Well, uh, what kind of a church is that? that don't, that's no church. Well, you know, there's always wisdom on how to say something. God will show you how to improve your vocabulary and say it higher and say it more profoundly. But Paul still said he came in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost and that when you have truth, then God told Ezekiel, don't be afraid of those people's faces. No, that's exactly right. Don't, he said, for my people. Well, who wants a church who won't tell you the truth? And who well, wants a pastor right. that won't tell you the truth? No, that's so right. I bothered to go to church. I wouldn't get up and take a shower and shave and brush my teeth. Uh, to, to go to church to hear some guy just tired to tickle my no, that's fancy right. and, and not tell me the truth, not tell me something I can walk out of there and take to the bank well, and, and, right. and help my kids and my grandkids and help my family and help my wife and help my husband and help my, help my finances and help my health that's and help right. my, my business. It, it's just nuts. We need pastors. To be those kind of snowflakes and cupcakes. And no, I said, that's right. I said for years, you know, we need pastors that are more afraid of God than they are exactly. the congregation. You know, that, that Jonathan Edwards almost confidence in Almighty God, but then the con the concept is is that, like God told Ezekiel, don't be afraid of those faces of those people sitting out there. He said, for my people are a stiff-necked and rebellious house. Yeah. And then you've got a generation of people nowadays that sit home and watch movies and go to picture shows all the time downtown at the, at the you know, big picture show place. <laughs> And the, show. That's an old that's word. That's an old word. I couldn't get another one out. And it's and and they sit there and pay good money to be cursed at, shown every vile thing that there can be in a movie, have everybody out there killing and screaming and yelling and guns firing, and they paid money to do that. And then they walk into church and act like they're mentally fragile. Oh yeah. I mean, what a what a Don't hypocritical. What a hypocritical concept we have going in this country where you can sit in a movie theater and watch every vile thing that you paid for them to do and then go into the house of God and you want the preacher to treat you like Goldilocks. I oh, mean, it's that's absurd. just, it's insane. And, and you know, another thing is every time a preacher says something about repent, uh, they scream law, and every time they <laughs> scream law, every time you say something out of the Old Testament, right, they right, scream law, right. and every time they scream law, they they immediately take you back to to uh, heaven or hell, right. and, they, and they say no, I can do that and still go to hell. We're not even talking about heaven or hell. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. That's but right. what we're talking about is living on planet Earth. You know, there, right. there's there's heaven living, right. and then there's earth living. Right. And you know, if you're going to heaven tomorrow, then you, you're just not not a lot of stuff you need except salvation. If you're going to heaven tomorrow, you don't need a lot of faith. You don't need a lot no, of anything. Right. You just that's need right. to die and go to heaven. But if you're going to live on planet Earth for a while, then you need to operate with spiritual laws. No, you need right. to realize that if you do bad stuff, yeah. it may not take you to hell, but it is going to affect the blessings of God on your life that's on right. the Earth. It is going to Just affect whether the devil can, can yeah, gain interest in your life on planet Earth. He's and so you ought to be smart enough life. to take the word and use it as a as a shield and a, right. an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon, a sword yeah. and a and a shield right. to keep the devil off of you, right. and yet to gain access and to gain territory 
with the Word. I, I'm just amazed at the mental fragility of the church today, uh, and even the pastors. Uh, you know, so many times I, I've had pastors so many times say, but you, I'd like to have Sunday night services, but the people just won't come. Well, you know, uh, used to the shepherd led the sheep. Now the shepherd <laughs> right. sits down and lets the sheep lead him right. and her, run them, well, run them around a merry chase. Have a miracle to get people back to oh, church. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. pastors, we've got to have miracles. And I, I want to say this before we leave the air today, that, that it's if you don't get into the Word of God and stay in the Word of God as a growing Christian, as a new Christian, and you get into the Word of God, Technically, and I mean, this is just textbook stuff, y'all. This is the truth. If you don't get into the Word of God after you're born again, you're not going to act much different after you're born again than you did before you were born again. Sure, you've got to have the Word. Romans 12 says we have to renew our minds. It's like you've moved to another country and you've got to learn the language. And you've got to learn to, like Hosea 14 says, when you go before the Lord, take with you words. Well, what words would you logically take before the ruler of a country? You would meet him on the foundation and the basis of what his word has been presented and archived. And yet, you wouldn't tell him when well, I here's how I used to do it yeah, in my country. Or this is what I think, yeah. quote unquote. You know. So we have to learn the covenant <laughs> my, words. My son Paul David, who's in heaven now, uh raised in Texas all his life and we shot we went hunting and we shot varmints and in Texas you don't have to have a license or a permit or a hunting license to shoot varmints like like snakes or right, pigs right, or, right. or or coyotes or or uh, rabbits. You can just shoot them all year long, anytime you want to. Shoot them at night, shoot them with a spotlight if you want to, whatever. But there are other states that have laws and, right. and, and hunting laws that say, hey, uh, a rabbit's not a varmint. You, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a game animal, so you have to have a license to hunt it. So uh, we were up in Oklahoma, and uh, we were deer hunting. And uh, all of a sudden, as we were leaving the property one night, it was late, uh, a rabbit ran in front of us, and Paul grabbed out a pistol, a three fifty seven Magnum, and shot this rabbit. Well, man, here comes several policemen. They had been down the street, and they, here comes a game warden and a policeman and, and, and the landowner, and they were all upset at Paul for shooting at this rabbit at night, you know. And so the policeman took the gun away from him, confiscated it, and then we had to go to court. So I went to court with Paul and a little old town in Oklahoma and a lady judge, and, and uh, she got Paul up there on the stand and started asking him questions. You could tell she was favoring Paul. She was favoring the fact that, you know, hey, he, all he did is shot a rabbit. It's okay. But, but yet she had to ask him questions. And so when when she asked him some questions, he just turned to her and he said, well, well, Your Honor, he said, now, I'm from Texas. And in Texas, we just don't have to, we, we can shoot rabbits anytime we want to. Well, that was the wrong thing to say. I sat out there in the courtroom <laughs> and just cringed. I thought, oh, that was dumb. That's a dumb thing to say. And she said, young man, you are not in Texas. You are in Oklahoma, and we have laws about hunting rabbits, and you violated them. So, so pal, you're guilty. Well, I went back to her after her chambers, back after after the court case, and I said, I said, Your Honor, I said, I'm that young man's father. I said, that was a dumb thing he said. And I said, what I want to know is, that's my gun. Can I get it back? And she just laughed. She said, sure, you can get your gun back. And she said, he should have never sat here and said, now, in Texas, this is how we do it, because he's not in Texas. Well, that's what people try to do with God. They try to come to God and say, now, look here, here's the way I want to do it. Here's the way I've always done it, and you need to buckle down and and do what I tell you. No, and God says, right, no, no, no. Right. This is my book, my rules, my law, my my country, my my world. You're that's gonna do right. what you're gonna do it. If you want it to work, you're gonna do it the way I say. 
it's not Kansas. <laughs> no, it's not Kansas. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you better go. Those are wonderful, wonderful, absolute truths from the Word of God that will work for you on earth and in heaven and in hell. And you would be wise to heed the Word of God and spend much time in it. And then try not to come up with your own ideas too often. No, your own ideas are bad. I've always said, don't don't come to me yeah. with your own idea. Yeah. You need to go to the Word of God and get God's right. ideas. Right. Here's what God said. That's right. Do not be conformed to this world, yeah. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans 12. Well, we're so delighted and honored that you have joined us today. Oh, yeah, we enjoy ministering to you. Yes, we do. It's a thrill to us, and um, we are just looking forward to joining with you again next week on a, on a brand-new podcast. And until then, just tell your friends and neighbors and family all about it. Uh, call our office with your testimonies or prayer requests, or if you want to be a partner to the ministry, we'd love to have you join with us. Terry puts out a monthly newsletter and visits with you in that regard. And then we've always got products and stuff there waiting for you if you need it, if we can help you in any way like that. So anyway, have a wonderful week. God bless you. And remember that you are more More than than conquerors. conquerors. See you next time. Bye-bye. Amen. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.